Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 53. I'm Carly DeZano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Well, here we are. I feel like I need to be popping the champagne and tossing confetti in the air because we have made it through one year of the Resolve podcast. It's so fun to look back a year ago at where I was and where the world was even a year ago when I was first getting this podcast out there. And of course, the months leading up to it when I was beginning to start recording episodes and figuring out all the technological stuff that it takes to get a podcast out there in the world. And it's been an amazing year of getting to share ideas and thoughts and concepts and tools that have really resonated with me and that I see work so well with my clients. And of course, having dozens of amazing guests come on to share about their experiences and the goals that they have worked towards in their own life and how they have gotten there and having them share their own tips and advice and strategies for us if we wanna do something similar. And even if we don't wanna do something similar, I think all of them have shared real wisdom and insight into what it takes to live an intentional life and to set goals in any area and to work towards them. So it has been an amazing year. We're going to be talking about that (laughs) throughout the entire episode, probably in different ways, but in honor of the one year anniversary of the Resolve podcast, I wanted to do a Q and a episode, ask me anything and dive into questions that I've gotten from listeners over the year. And then of course, since I knew this episode was coming, I did put it out there to listeners and friends and people on Instagram to ask them what other questions that they had. And before we dive in, I will say that I've grouped similar questions together just for kind of ease of answering. And some of the questions were so good and some of them are really goal slash goal and resolution related. So I have ideas for other episodes that I'm going to do that are going to discuss and answer those questions. So if you don't hear your goal or resolution question in this episode, do not worry, it will be coming soon, but we're going to be diving into sort of peripheral topics in today's episode related and important and I hope still relevant to you, but the ones specifically about goal and resolutions, they just spawned other ideas. I decided to answer them in a different context on a different day in a different episode. So stay tuned. (laughs) Gotta have you keep coming back. But today we're going to be talking about many different aspects of me and my life and goals. And of course, things that tie back into what all of you want to know (laughs) about all of that. And I hope some ideas that can inspire you and if you plan to follow in some of my footsteps, maybe do some of the things that I do or want to do that hopefully some of the ideas I'll be sharing or things we'll be talking about today will push you in that direction or help you get there. Well, without further ado, let's dive into answering <laughs> the Q&A questions. I won't go into too much detail today about how I got into business and all of that because I've talked about it on the podcast before, especially back in episode one, talking about kind of my personal journey. And so speaking of a year ago, if you wanna go back and hear about the things that led me in my life to get to this point where I've launched this business and this podcast, you can go check that out in that episode one. But I did have some other really fun questions that tie back into that, or I'm going to make tie back into that because of the way at least my brain was conceptualizing them. So one of the questions that 
made me think of that was a question about who was the first person that I followed or found online or was familiar with that introduced me to the industry? And it's a great question. And it really goes back into, I think, my entire story and people that we're going to be talking about quite a bit as we work through some of these other really closely related questions. But I would say the very first person who at least put me on the path to finding this industry and to getting to the place where I am in life now was Gretchen Rubin. And as I was starting to set goals in one particular area of my life, reading, finding her book, diving into all of that. And then from there, finding out she had a podcast and so listening to that and then starting to listen to other podcasts and expanding my love of reading and making more time for that. And so it naturally led, I think, to other people who were operating in the online space. I have read pretty much every girl boss entrepreneurial book out there ever written, or at least it feels that way back in the days when I was starting my business. And my journey, I think, is particularly interesting or interesting to me, at least, because I really started out in a very hybrid industry. As a professional organizer, you have to do a lot of work in the online space and a lot of the behind the scenes of your business is online and marketing and social media and all of that kind of stuff. But the actual tangible physical work is really done on the ground in people's homes, working with them. And as I was building that business, I came across Jen Obermeyer, who we talked to back in episode 18. She was the one who, through her work in the online space, really helped me get that business going. And then that, of course, is then what led (laughs) inevitably to the business that I have now. But it was amazing to see her and what she was doing in the online world. And so I have been and continue to be inspired by her and all the things that she has done. And then coaching wise, coming across Brooke Castillo and the Life Coach School is really what opened up my eyes into the coaching industry and what it is and the tools and all of that. And of course, now I think that I'm in the coaching world. It feels like everyone's a coach. Everywhere you look, there's coaches. But I know that's not the case for people who are outside of the industry. It's only natural. It's the you look for a red car and all you see on the road are red cars. But so I thought that question was so fun to think back, not just on my own journey, but the people who contributed to it and who they were and the kind of different signposts that they made up along the way. And so related to that question, someone asked what my top three influential people are that I listen to or follow. And I thought that this was a great question because it really caused me to reflect. I think I mentioned back when I was starting the podcast, or at least I've written about it on my blog or Instagram, about how as I was starting the podcast, I really felt like I had to shut out a lot of external sources of information. I stopped listening to a lot of podcasts. I used to read a ton of self-help personal development books or business books, things in that genre, and I'd read a lot fewer of them now. And I find it it, my brain just needs that much more space in order to make the space to have a podcast and to run my business the way that I want to. And I love getting ideas from the people that I still do follow and listen to and from the books that I read. But I'm, I think, more intentional now because I am not just diving in or listening to all the podcasts from all these people that I started listening to five years ago. So it is interesting because the the top three people that I think still influence me the most are people whose content I consume a lot less of now. But looking back, I still think that 
these are the three people that have shaped me and my business the most. And I keep coming back to their work and know I will for a long time, if not forever. So unsurprisingly, the first one is Gretchen Rubin. She is probably the one who I still consume the most content from, books and podcasts and emails and everything else. And she has a new book coming out sometime next year, which I'm very excited for. And I think part of the reason why I like her so much is because of her blend of really practical tips and hands-on strategies and what you need to do to do the things that you want to do. But she also brings in a strong mindset component, but it isn't always framed that way. And I think that helps a lot of people get on board more easily instead of thinking about it in terms of you need to process your emotions and you need to change your thoughts and do thought work. Like all of that is important and stuff that we work on in coaching, but it can feel a little bit ethereal or not super practical. And so I think that sometimes steers some people away and the way that she presents it is really approachable for just about everyone, I think. And so, of course, then the flip side of that, I think, is Brooke Estee with the Life Coach School. She's someone who I've looked up to for a long time and love a lot of her content and material. And of course, I'm certified through the Life Coach School as a life and weight loss coach. She's someone who I do keep coming back to her material, but I have taken more of a break from, at least recently, as I grow my business and develop it the way that I want to, which is using a lot of her mindset strategies and feeling your feelings and processing them appropriately and doing thought work um, and working on models. And we talked about that, which is really the key aspect of a lot of the life coach school principles back in episode 21. So if you want to learn more about that, go back to episode 21 and I share really what the key tool is that the life coach will share and how you can use it in your own life to reach your goals and keep your resolutions. And then the third person who I also have not focused too heavily on recently, but who significantly shaped and directed my life and has so much great material, I think is Brene Brown. And I doubt that's too much of a surprise to anyone either, but she has a lot of great material and a lot of it is so important and relevant. And she's another one of those people who I think does a pretty good job of blending the practical and the more theoretical philosophical kind of side of the concepts that she talks about. And as someone who's consumed a lot of her work, some of it can feel repetitive, but it is a good repetitive in that it's reinforcing really important ideas. My favorite of her books is Rising Strong. And it was when I heard her on a podcast talking about that idea (laughs) a long time ago now, uh, probably like more than six years ago. She was talking about a story that she tells in the book where she and her husband were going for a swim and they were swimming across a lake and she was making these emotional bids, like trying to get his attention and engage with him. And he was rushing her off and she started to catastrophize and tell herself the story about how mad he was and these fights that they were going to have and like how dare he treat her that way and just spiraling off in that direction as I'm sure we have all done. <laughs> I know that I certainly have. And she, in the interview and of course in the book, she was talking about how they finished their swim and were getting out and they were eventually able to confront the issue head on and he was able to tell her what was going on in his own head, which of course had nothing to do with her and this rejection that she was feeling and everything she was making that mean about herself and their relationship and their future. And they were really able to connect in that moment and she just started to talk about the stories that we tell ourselves and that idea fundamentally, like I can remember the exact 
place I was on the road when I had that realization and revelation about the things that my brain tells me aren't necessarily true and then being able to redefine and reanalyze my entire life I think in that perspective and then in all of the moments since when I have begun to tell myself a story that is not true (laughs) or doesn't have to be true I don't have to believe that and then the deciding what I do want to think or believe in a situation and how I want to feel and how I want to act and show up and the person that I want to be. A lot of that I know or thinking in that line comes back to that moment. And speaking of the life coach school tool, the model, which we talk about in episode 21, that's a really actually practical way of working through that. If you're curious about that. And so it's fun for me to see how these three people who I still really look up to and respect their work and love their content. It's interesting for me to see how my relationship with them and their content has changed over the years, but what it has ultimately meant for me and how it all blends really seamlessly in my life and the way that I'm able to show up and work with clients. So (laughs) moving on from that category of questions, I've also gotten a lot of questions about how I make the podcast and I'm not going to spend too much time or go into too much detail, but it is something that if you want to start a podcast, I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it's definitely not that hard. And so I'm going to just talk about this for a little bit because it's totally a goal that you can go after, totally something you can achieve. And I know that when I was starting my podcast, I spent, I feel like way too much time going through material and blog posts and listening to other podcasts about how to make podcasts. And so if you're listening to this and this is something you wanna do, I'm going to just summarize the tools that I use and the way I make it all work, give you like a glimpse behind the curtain of the Resolve podcast because I want this to be as helpful for you as possible. And I totally believe that you can do it and that you have amazing content that deserves to be shared with the world. Going into that though, I want to acknowledge that producing a podcast is not easy. It's not fast. There of course are things you can do to make it easier or to make it quicker, but it's not something that you want to enter into, I think haphazardly or thinking that it's not going to require a lot from you. I think a podcast is like everything else you get out of it, what you put into it. But when you are wanting to share valuable material with the world, of course you want to put enough into it. So with that out of the way, my podcast, I structured it very intentionally. I like the back and forth between solo shows and guest episodes. So that's something pretty simple. And as you have probably heard from all of my interviews this year, I have pulled a lot of my guests from people that I know in the past who continue to inspire me in their lives and businesses and their goals and the things that they're doing with their lives. And I have come across a lot of them through connections with those people, but I've also intentionally sought people out on social media to talk about particular issues. And there's a lot of people who I have found who I did not think were right to share on the podcast. So that is one of the areas where I think I have tried to be most intentional with people that inspire me and who I think would be of value to listeners. And the same kind of goes tangentially for my content, what I try to share and talk about in the episodes that is just me, <laughs> like this one. And I have had enough ideas pretty much stockpiled to get us this far with kind of a few that are always being tacked on to the end. And I'm constantly reminding myself that kind of curiosity is the wellspring of new ideas, that if you're curious, there will always be new things out there to talk about and I totally believe that. I think that's so true, but I do have a pretty high standard of (laughs) what I want to talk about, what I think will be helpful. I don't just want to 
get on here and blather about nothing. So with that, I will move on to talking more about the practical aspect of producing a podcast. So I do all of the podcast production myself. I generally will record once a month my solo show episodes, and then I try to be a bit more flexible with my guest interviews because I want our guests to be able to fit it into their schedule as works for them. And then since my website is already held on Squarespace, I actually hold my podcast on Squarespace too. And the podcast platforms from which you are listening to this audio then pull from my website and I'm able to do the show notes and schedule everything right from Squarespace, which is a platform I'm super familiar with. And then when the episode goes live on my website, the other podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher. And once you get those things set up to pull from wherever you are pushing your podcast through, you, you really don't have to do anything else. You don't have to look again unless you want to see kind of your stats, how you're doing. So that's a tedious process to begin with, but once you do it and set up all your accounts and link everything, it's super easy. And then for actual recording, when I do guest interviews, I record on Zoom because <laughs> we're all familiar with Zoom now. And I have done some solo show recording in Zoom too. And then you just download the audio and then I upload my audio to Descript. And that is the program where I do all my editing and mix in our intro music and our outro music and our toast at the end and <laughs> everything else. And there's a pretty steep learning curve when you get going, but the interface of Descript is super easy to work with. I think it's probably the easiest editing software out there. And you have to make a lot of choices about different levels and sound quality filter. I don't see, I do not know very much about podcasts. And this kind of actually answers another question about me. And it's that I am someone who only looks for as much information as I need to make a decision. I don't like to, I guess, sit in indecision and not have answers so I will generally do a sufficient amount of research to know what I need to know and then I will make a decision and move on. I'm not someone who is going to keep looking for more answers, even if ultimately that might lead me to make a different decision. <laughs> I want you to make the decision and then keep going. So you can see that's what I've done here. I did that in pretty much all of these areas. I found out that I could host it on Squarespace. And I decided to do that. I narrowed it down to the four platforms that I heard other people mention in their podcast episodes in that I could set up accounts with easily. And I did that. A different podcaster that I did an episode with told me she used Descript. So I looked into that and decided that was for me. I saw another podcaster using the Blue Yeti microphone that I use and I knew that I wanted that one. And so I got it. And <laughs> that perspective, I think, whether you're making podcasts or doing anything else is very helpful. And there is value in doing research and gathering the information that you need to make a decision. And I think the level to which someone feels like they need to do that varies for all of us. But I would urge you not to let needing to make a decision hold you back from making the decision and moving on, reaching girls, keeping your resolutions, all of that. So <laughs> all that to say, if you want to make a podcast, I have just shared the results of all of my research. You may not believe it was enough. That's a different issue. My research and experience here on the podcast, I am like giving it to you as a gift. Take from it what you will, but I encourage you to go make your podcast if that is something that you want to do. If you think you have something to share with the world in that way, I'm sure that you do, and I'm sure that it would be of value. So I encourage you to go do that. That kind of summarizes all the podcast questions. And then also, I read a lot, as people know from Instagram or my Goodreads and the books that I share that I'm listening to or reading on the podcast. So to answer questions about 
how I read as much as I do, how I find books to read, all of that. I wanted to take some time to address like reading questions. And I do have quite a few reading rules or reading processes that run in the background that I think allow me to integrate reading into my life as easy and seamlessly as I do. The first is that I'm always open to finding new books, but I also go and seek them out. I talk to other people about reading and what they're reading, what they have liked, what they haven't liked. I see books pop up on Instagram that look interesting. I'll go wander around Barnes and Noble. That's actually one of my favorite things to do and to get inspired and ideas and have covers catch my eye and all of that. And I will go into the book apps that I use and I'll look at like new releases on those or top picks. Generally, the top picks aren't so helpful because I've normally read or listened to most of the top picks, but (laughs) I'll digress from that. Another reading rule that I think is really helpful is that I only read one book at a time. Although I will read like a physical book and an audiobook and an ebook. Normally I'm not reading all three out of all three categories at one time, but I always have an audiobook and I normally do have a physical book or an ebook that I'm reading too. And then whenever I finish a book, I want to start the next book as quickly as possible to make the whole process seamless and to continue on my reading momentum. And that's not to say if I didn't feel like reading a book or I wanted to take a break that I wouldn't allow myself to do that. But generally I have found, especially this year, as I'm reading books that I like more, which was one of my goals, I have found that if I'm reading books I like more, then all I want to do is read more. So that is helpful. If I'm not wanting to go into the next book, then I need to squint a little closer at what I'm reading and why I'm feeling that way. But the one caveat to that is since I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of audiobooks, I have found that one of the easiest things for me to do and kind of ways to fit both of those into my life is that whenever I finish an audiobook, I will catch up on all of the podcast episodes for the podcasts I listen to that have been released since I finished the last audiobook. So that kind of allows me to stay on top of both. And so normally I'm getting through a couple books a week and then staying on top of all my podcasts too. So that's one of the kind of simple I'm not going to say it's a life hack, but it's a simple process that allows me to keep learning and keep moving forward and not be wondering, when am I going to listen to all of those podcasts or that looks good. I'm going to stop listening to this audiobook and go listen to that podcast instead, which of course you can do. This is just a system that I found that works really well for me. I also am able to read as much as I do largely because I have increased the speed at which I listen to books. When I read a physical book, whether it's like on a screen or an actual paper copy, I find that I read fine. I have a decent reading speed, but I'm able to listen and process information much more quickly when I listen. So I have slowly ratcheted up my speed at which I listen to podcasts and audiobooks and pretty much all apps I've used for either kind of content allow you to speed up your listening. So I'm at double speed or above for all of that content. And trust me, if you start to ratchet up your speed, you will not go back. (laughs) It will make you wish that occasionally in real life, people would speed up a little bit, talk a little bit faster. But that's something that allows me to keep moving through material. And I found even, and especially if I'm reading a book that I want to read, but that isn't quite as interesting or compelling, having that particularly as an audiobook that's moving very quickly, it allows me to propel through the material faster. So that's another like life hack that isn't really a life hack, but still important. Another tip that I think is helpful is to always have kind of your next book ready. 
whether that be extra books downloaded so that when you finish this one, you can start a next one, know where on your shelf you're gonna pull from next, have books on hold at the library, whatever fits and in, integrates into your reading routine, I encourage people to always have the next book ready. Like I was saying earlier, it allows you to continue your momentum. And if you're reading books that you're excited about, it, it's exciting to finish a book, even if there's like that sad nostalgia, because hopefully you're excited to read the next one. And then the last idea I wanted to touch on with reading is something that I've talked a little bit on the podcast about because it ties into my idea of wanting to read books that I like more. And it's something that I first <laughs> actually bumped into at the end of last year, because prior to the end of last year, I always finished the books that I was reading. I wouldn't let myself stop in the middle or give up. But after reading like an hour or two of this novel that I hated, I at least stopped that one. And then this year, that was part of the logic behind my goal to only read books I like more. And so this year I have stopped reading probably about 20 books. And some of them were hard and painful to like pry my fingers off of because it's been so ingrained in me over the years to not give up on books, to keep listening and to push through or to keep reading, turn to the next page. And some of them I would be like five, five minutes or five pages into. And occasionally I would be three or four hours in or a couple hundred pages. And I would just get to that point where I knew I did not want to keep reading. And generally I can tell and if you follow my rating system at all, I used to post my books on Instagram and share my ratings, but I still post on my blogs, my books and my ratings for what I read. And of course on Goodreads too. But <laughs> we talked to Grace a little bit about this in episode 44 when we were talking about reading, but I found that my rating system is entirely based on that feeling of, do I wanna keep reading this? How excited am I to pick it back up whenever I have not been reading? And that's such uh, a good feeling when you have a, a book you're excited to come back to, to keep learning more, to get along with a story. And so that is really the key feature or factor in the books that I read that allows me to know that <laughs> I am wanting to read more and that I am reading books that I like more because I'm excited to keep coming back to them. And of course it's a cycle and that just makes me want to read more. So it is worth it. I've long been someone who finished every book she starts, but it is worth it to give up on the books that you don't like, that are slowing you down, that are making you question if you really like reading. Just put those books aside. Even if they're a classic, even if your best friend loved them, even if you own the physical book, it's okay to let them go. Gretchen Rubin talks about how she doesn't finish every book she starts. If she finishes the book, it's because she liked it and that there are too many good books in the world to keep reading bad books. And even though I heard her say that years ago, I still staunchly stuck by my guns until this last year when I was willing to let go of those books to embrace her philosophy. And I would encourage you to <laughs> embrace it too, to let go of the books that you don't actually want to read, which sounds really obvious when you say it out loud. But as we know from many of our conversations, habits are very ingrained, whether they are good or bad. And that's why we want to develop them and break them depending on what they are. And then I did get the suggestion to answer the confetti questions because people are curious about my answers to the confetti questions that we have gone over with all of our other guests. So I'll be diving into and answering those. Hopefully that will help you get to know me a little bit better. And then we'll wrap up this episode the way we wrap up all of the episodes with our guests. It's, it is fun, I think, being a guest on your own podcast. I guess that's what the Ask Me Anything episode turned out to be, even if I wasn't quite expecting that to be what this is. Okay, so what time do I get up? 
I will probably dive into all these questions a little bit more than our guests do because you do know me a little bit better and I want to share some of my logic behind some of these things. I did this year, when the year started, I was getting up at six o'clock every morning and I was spending about half an hour doing reading and waking myself up and then I would dive into my homework right at 6.30. And tied into that was the idea that I told myself As we talked about in episode 42 with Heidi, when we were giving our goal update, we talked a little bit about sleep. And so tied into that idea for me was the concept of, I want to be asleep, or originally it was I wanted to be asleep for eight hours a night. It's morphed into, I want to be at least in bed for eight hours a night. And it turned out that 10 o'clock was a little bit too impractical to have any kind of life and to assume I'm gonna be back home and like ready for bed and in bed by 10 o'clock and asleep. So at generally 10.30 though, I can generally be in bed at least by 10.30. And so as a result of that, and as a result of the fact that I'm doing so much reading in my graduate program, that the last thing I wanted to do when I woke up at six o'clock in the morning was like pry my eyes open to read more. I found that that was just not a system and a habit that was working well for me. So I ended up throwing that out the window and now I get up at 6.30 and I'm in bed, hopefully falling asleep most nights by 10.30. And that has been lessening up on a habit I've had for a long time. For years, I've gotten up and read and then gotten on with my day. But recognizing that for this season of my life, at least when I'm in graduate school and doing hundreds of pages of reading a week anyway, I did not need to force that extra half an hour on myself for this season. And that's okay. And so even our habits can grow and change. And that's part of the self-confidence and the self-trust that we've talked about why that's so important to know I'm not giving up on this because I can't do it or because I'm not being true to myself, but it's because I am being true and listening to myself. Another concept we talked about recently, I am listening to what I need, assessing that and following through on that. And I know I can go back and reintegrate that reading first thing in the morning, probably in January, honestly, when I graduate, but if not, then it will be because I've intentionally decided not to. Okay, when do I do my best work? I generally do my best work in the morning, most focused, although occasionally you get those late night spurts. But now that I'm trying to be in bed by 10.30, most of the time I don't let myself have those. So morning is when I get my focus, important work done. The best piece of advice I've been given, now like running through my head is all of the amazing advice that people have shared on the podcast. And I'm gonna highlight two that have stuck with me the most. And the first one is from episode four, when we interviewed Catherine Roberts about podcasting and overcoming no's and all of that. And it's interesting too that a year later, as this podcast has been around for a year, and I just talked so much about podcasting this episode too, that (laughs) we're bringing her episode back in. But she shared a piece of advice from Emma Walton Hamilton, who is Julie Andrews' daughter, about nothing being wasted. And I think that's so important because a lot of times we are afraid to make choices or to do things because we're not really sure it ties in with the overarching narrative of our life or that it's gonna fit in with our life at all. So we don't take the class or read the book or say yes to that opportunity. And I have found myself, especially over this last year, coming back to the idea of nothing is ever wasted. So why wouldn't I do that? Because I don't know what my future holds. I don't know what I'm gonna end up doing or how I'm gonna end up helping people. And so saying yes to everything and reminding myself that nothing is ever wasted, even if sometimes it feels like something was, is a really, I think, comforting thought and something that has proven true time and time again in my own life and the lives of my clients and 
everyone else that, that I've ever known. A second piece of advice that really stands out to me is from my interview with Esther in episode 32. We talked about photography and social media and all of that, but she shared a piece of advice from her dad about what is the alligator closest to the boat? And I still think that's the most fun piece of advice anyone has shared. And I do find myself thinking about that all the time. What is the alligator closest to the boat? What do I need to handle first? So <laughs> a great piece of advice from Esther and her dad. And then the piece of advice I want to share is one from my dad. And it's something that I remember him saying to me as he dropped me off at school, he'd have to turn around in the seat. And he always told me, be nice to the little people because to some people you are the little people. And that's something that it's a mantra in our family, something that we all say on a regular basis. Of course, now, <laughs> even as adults, I think that holds true not just on the playground. And it's a sentiment that I certainly try to bring to and integrate into the way that I live my life on a daily basis. <laughs> what do I do to rest? I sleep, obviously, <laughs> as you probably got. Sleep is important to me. Time with friends and family, going for walks, exercising, going to the gym, watching TV, reading books, all of that is very restful for me. And that's why I make all of that such a regular part of my life because when everything else is going at warp speed that has to also and I love it it's great I do think I get enough rest like we talked about in the episode a couple weeks ago about listening to yourself and asking more for yourself rest is such an important piece of that and so finding what that is for you and integrating it is crucial favorite beverage that is a tough question and we've heard all the answers on this podcast. I am very much a beverage person, so it's pretty much impossible for me to pick one beverage that I could narrow it down to. I will say chai lattes with coconut milk are very high at the top of my list. But of course, coffee, water, lemonade, tea, all of those are super important. I've been very associated with tea in my life. A lot of my friends associate tea with me, and so I'm not going to <laughs> dispute that connection. Favorite TV show... I don't know. I think I have talked about this on the podcast before, but I feel like you have to have always two TV shows. You have to have like a 20 minute funny TV show that you can just fit in whenever you need a little boost and then a 40 minute or longer drama or intense show. So a favorite has always been Big Bang Theory. I also like NCIS as more of a drama, but still has funny sides to it. And then Ted Lasso, which I watched this year, I really enjoy it too. So those are always close to the top of my list. The book that has had the greatest impact on my life, probably no surprise, The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. It's definitely the one that started me on this path, even though initially, I will admit, the first couple chapters as I was reading it, I was like, is it self-centered to spend a whole book focused on happiness? Is happiness that important or crucial? Or do I even wanna spend that much time reading or thinking about it? And I am so glad that I put those thoughts aside, press through to the rest of the book um, because it's what's gotten me here. And I'm sure that as I continue to learn from all the amazing people in this field and do this work, it's just, it's gonna keep carrying me forward. And what book I am currently reading, I am currently reading 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Brianna West. And this is one that has been on my list for forever and I've seen it lots of different places but I'm just starting that and I'm excited to see if it lives up to the hype and my expectations I'm curious if I'm going to think 101 different ways <laughs> by the time I get done with this book and I'm hopeful that would be cool I'm willing to have my perspective changed and to look at things in new ways I'm hopeful and curious to see if that's as good as I'm hoping that it is. And then what is a win that I am currently celebrating that I'm gonna ask all of you to toast with me is, of course, the podcast. Being around here for a year, I wanna toast 
the podcast itself. I want to toast all of you amazing listeners. Thank you so much for making me part of your life, for welcoming my voice into your ears, from being willing to learn from me and my experiences, my thoughts and ideas. And of course, thank you to all of the amazing guests who have taken the time to come and share with me and with you about their lives and their journeys and their goals and their resolutions and where they are and where they're going. And it has been so amazing to connect with them. And even so many people that I have known and loved for many years, it's fun to get them on the other side of a microphone and to hear from them in this context. So I am excited for the podcast to continue on for the episodes that lie ahead, all of that. So here's to one year of the Result Podcast, of course, to all that lies ahead. And I don't need to say where you can go to find out more about me and my work and all the amazing things that I'm doing because you know exactly where that is right here on social media, my website, if you do need to go check any or all of that out. But this has been such a fun context from which to share my thoughts, to answer your questions. And like I said, if you have a goal or resolution related question, do not worry, it will be answered. But once again, I want to toast the podcast, toast you as listeners. Thank you for listening and tuning in. And I wish you all the best as you go and reach your goals and keep your resolutions. And with that, thanks for tuning in to the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Desano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show and subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlydesano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.